It's another episode of the Road to Wheeling podcast. Let it snow. There's let it snow. still no snow, <laughs> Dave, and there's not going to be. We've got snow. temperatures in the 50s, in the 50s for the second round of the playoffs coming up on Friday. There will not be snow. What there will be is more good football, Dave. We're going to talk more about those matchups in just a bit. We're also going to recap the first round, which featured quite a bit of exciting football, too. And it has Dave and I both with identical win totals in our bracket predictions. How sad is that? Yeah. Well, hey, come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. Give me a little love. you got to give me a little love. I'll give you a little bit. So we're going to start this week's episode, Dave, by going back in time and reliving the first round of action. Then we're going to look ahead to the quarterfinals and see if the five local teams remaining from North Central West Virginia have a shot to advance to the state semifinals. According to you, two of them are going Going all the way, baby. More than that, three of them, (laughs) because South Harrison's got to win it all, too. Right? All right, so let's start by taking a look at the playoff bracket in AAA. We'll start in the largest classification and work our way down to the smallest classification. At the very top of the bracket, Huntington handled South Charleston quite easily, 44-14 to advance to the second round. Hurricane wins the 8-9 game over Hedgesville. The lower-seeded team wins 52-21. Should have known Hurricane was due for a quote-unquote upset, even though that was a very even matchup on paper. I had it. You did have it, Dave. (laughs) You know the one you didn't have, though? That one's coming up in in two choices here. So Spring Valley defeats George Washington in a shutout, 31-0. In the final game in the top half of the bracket, Cabell Midland, number 12, the best number 12 team you'll ever see. I beats Musselman 28-18. You I had, had Musselman going to the state yeah, semi. See, I had Cabell first. Right. See? Or sorry, sorry, Cabell Midland first and then yeah. crossed it out. Yeah, That's what I'm trying to say. So Cabell Midland wins by 10 points. Thanks to Norman Seawright for the uh, tip. He's been preaching about those guys all year long. Okay, bottom half of the AAA bracket. Martinsburg, a lot. Morgantown, a little. I think that's all we have to say about that one, other than the fact that they uh, played shortened quarters in the second half because it was no contest. Morgantown at halftime, Dave, negative total yards. That explains what type of a story that one was. Who didn't expect it? Right, and it could happen again, too, because Parkersburg fell to John Marshall in the 7-10 game by a touchdown, so that means John Marshall is moving on. Who knows? It could be another bloodbath for Martinsburg. Then University defeats Spring Mills 37-7 to to advance to the second round. Going to have to take on Capital, which lit up the scoreboard against Wheeling Park 63-21 at Laidley Field in the opening round game. Dave will give his, pick, his prediction for that one in just a bit. The U will have its hands full this week against Capital. Let's go to double-A. We got almost entirely chalk in double-A until you get to the very last game in the bracket. Mingo Central does its business against Robert Seabird on Saturday, winning 76-40. to A whole lot of points scored in that game. I'm not good at math, but that's 116 points. Easy, easy mathematics, right? Wow. No calculator there? Yeah, Thank awesome. you, Dave. Thanks to all of you working at home who are grading me on that. Do I get a sticker? You get no. You have to ask Brad Jeff for that. <laughs> Liberty defeats Nicholas County to earn its second ever playoff victory in program history. The Mountaineers win by 20. Now they get a rematch against the Miners in the second round. More on that in just a moment. Congratulations. Go play me. <laughs> a long yeah. trip. Almost four and a half hours, right? Yeah. Fairmont Senior defeats Kaiser at East West Stadium. Final score 34 to 12. The Polar Bears will now face Wayne, the number five seed in AA, which defeated Sissonville 54-28. That's the top half of the AA bracket. Lower half, Bluefield takes care of business against 
Billy Haddix in Braxton County, 46-14. Point Pleasant, another blowout against Phila Barber, ending the Colts' storybook season at 8-3. The Big Blacks advance with a 63-14 victory. Then Bridgeport on Saturday, struggled a little bit out the gate against Weir. Then finished in the second half, forcing quite a few turnovers and scoring 21 unanswered points to advance behind a 35-12 effort. And then Winfield. Boy, Winfield is looking tough as of late. Winfield goes to James Monroe, the number six seed, blanks him, winning 29 to nothing. Bridgeport, another team that's going to have its hands full the upcoming week in the second round. All right, let's go to Class A. Last bracket to look at, Dave. The, uh, the entire night I was looking at this first score. I was listening to it when I was covering the Hawks at, at Robert C. Bird, and they kept giving updates about this score, and there was this buzz going around the stadium. Could East Hardy East lose? Hardy's going to get knocked out. The number one team in Class A is going down. Nope. Not quite. Not quite. East Hardy hangs on, gets a late fourth-quarter touchdown to defeat Williamstown by a final score of 14-10. But for much of that game, I believe Williamstown trailed 7-3, scored after forcing a turnover, and had a three-point advantage in the second half, but does not pull off a mammoth 16-1 upset. Instead, East Hardy advances after a four-point victory. Uh, Sherman, Madonna, the 8-9 game. We saw a lot of number nines beating eights. I know that's the, the two out of the three of those matchups in the three classifications went to the nine seed. Sherman gets this one 37 14 and Which will really play East weird. Hardy. Sherman beat Madonna. What, two people played? <laughs> <laughs> right. It was just one person one against person one person. Yeah. Right. And there was no biblical miracle. No, Sorry. No. Uh, Tug Valley defeats Pocahontas County by a point 30 to 29. St. Mary's on Saturday whoops Doddridge County by 30 points to advance. Ooh. Still not sold on the Blue Devils, Still huh, not Dave? Sold on. Bottom half of the bracket, South Harrison handles Richwood 58-19. Despite this being a two-point game late in the second half, Brad Jets Hawks scored 37 unanswered points to claim victory is, in that one. Is there any is there any paint on the walls at RCB right now after that <laughs> halftime speech? Well, they were up by 16 at halftime, but for, oh, a, for a brief moment, that does not matter. it was not looking good no, that for the Hawks. No, that does not matter. Uh, Brad Jett tore the, tore the paint off of those walls at halftime. I'll guarantee you that one. And then Freddie Canary put together yeah. a Class A state playoff record rushing performance rushing for almost 370 yards on the ground so that's why the hawks have advanced they'll take on cameron next sorry wheeling central next wheeling central defeated cameron in the 10 7 10 game so the hawks we'll talk more about their matchup in just a bit midland trail beats fayetteville by 28 to advance webster county season ends after it's blanked by summers county 28 nothing it's the second time this season summers county has bested the highlanders so there are only two losses of the year. Yeah, Both come off, to Summers County at home. Take them off the schedule. Don't play them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't control if you play them in the playoffs. But <laughs> there you go. That's, that's how the brackets shaped up this week. So Dave and I both had 19 out of 24 right. All of our, uh, all of our championship teams are still in the hunt. Uh, mine might be in a little bit of trouble Yours this week, right? One in particular. <laughs> so, Dave, let's take a look now at the upcoming matchups. We've got five local teams remaining, and we'll start in AAA with University. Dave, what do you think of the Hawks? Good, good game. This is going to be a lot better game than, than, than people are thinking a 3-6 matchup is going to be. Capital can throw the ball. A lot of five wide-out sets mm. last week. Uh, in their game with Wheeling Park. They used five wideouts a number of times. However, they still rushed for 372 yards Wow! against Wheeling Park. It, 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 it was incredible. 
and 372 yards on just 25 carries. That is incredible. These guys have a wide-open offense, and they're going to be a handful for University. University is a daggone good team, but I think this is probably going to be the best team University mm. has seen all year. I would that agree with that. includes Fairmont Senior easily. That w- they're going to have to be ready to play some defense on this. Now, having said that, I think Capital will give up a lot of points. Mm. This is going to be a shootout. But John Kelly's team's going to have their hands full stopping that offense. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I think this is going to be a really great contest. You know, the the thing that's working for the Hawks with that 10 and 0 record, they get this. This is potentially their last home game, barring an upset of you know mammoth proportions, right. epic proportions. If John Marshall can defeat Martinsburg, but as you look back for Cap at Capitals' record here. Or uh, this is a team that did defeat Cabell Midland mm-hmm. during the regular season, 55-49. But those 63 points posted mm-hmm. against Wheeling Park, that's a season high. Mm-hmm. Quite a time to do it in the first round of the postseason. It looks like Capital is playing some of its best football of the season. Just looking back at recent results, since losing to Spring Valley, which, by the way, is the number four team in AAA, that was back on the 20th. It has since defeated South Charleston, then George Washington on the road, and then a third straight victory in the opening round against Wheeling. And Park. let's face it, you play down there in that Canal Valley. That's some a lot tough of tough football competition teams. down mm-hmm. there. You know, Capital uh, Capital's got some athletes. They are going to come prepared to play this one. Now, as I told you, I haven't been sold on Wheeling Park all year. I mean, mm-hmm. How many points did Bridgeport put up against them for goodness? Thirty-five, sake? I yeah. think it was, one yeah. by a touchdown. So you know, I, I'm not surprised that that Capital put a lot of points on them. What surprises me is the fact that most of the game they were in a five-wide set and they still rushed for 372 yards. That's pretty incredible. And keep in mind, too, Capital almost beat Huntington, another unbeaten team in AAA. That was back on September 22nd on the road in Huntington. Capital lost by three points. So, Dave, give us a prediction on this one. Is University going to prevent the upset? I know when we talk about seeds, right, a six beating a three would be an upset, but right. these seem to be two really evenly uh, evenly contested teams that are going to go head-to-head here. You know, University's got their hands full. Um, like I said, this is going to be, in, in, until a possible matchup next week with Martinsburg, the best team University is going to face. Having said that, when I fill out my bracket, I have University winning. Uh-oh. John Kelly accelerates <laughs> – when you he excels when you tell him he can't do something. He's great at playing them against us. I think university's gonna win this one, but it's gonna be a cardiac kid deal. It's gonna come down to the end, may even go to overtime and it's gonna be a high scoring affair. Get your popcorn, sit there <laughs> and watch the whole thing. Don't go away. Uh, but I think university ekes it out at the end. So that's the lone remaining local team in AAA. Three North Central West Virginia teams still remain in the AA field. Liberty, Fairmont Senior, and Bridgeport. We'll check their matchups in that order, starting at the very top of the bracket. <laughs> Liberty's got to go to Matewan to play the reigning champion Miners. This was a matchup we saw in the playoffs last year. It kick-started Mingo Central's run to a state title. Wasn't even close. Since that time, we're dating back to the beginning of last season, I should say. Mingo Central has won 25 consecutive contests. Mm-hmm. Liberty enters this one having an up-and-down recent trend, losing to Robert Seaberg, bouncing back and winning, losing to South Harrison, and then coming back and beating Nicholas County by 20 points for its second-ever playoff victory. So can the Mountaineers do anything at all to stop that high-powered Miners offense led by Jeremy Dillon that put up 76 points in the first round? Robert Seaberg's... Uh, Robert C. Bird's 
forte is their offense. That's the best part of Robert C. Byrd. Liberty's be best part of Liberty is their offense as well. Two different types of offense. Robin C. Robert C. Byrd can throw the ball. Liberty cannot throw the ball. Mingo is going to stack it. Mingo hmm. will stack it. They will force them to throw the ball. That's going to be trouble for Liberty. I think Mingo is much, much too physical for Liberty. Having said that, Mingo's got no defense. Mingo really doesn't. They gave up 40 to Bird. They gave up 50 the week before to Winfield. That's 90 points in two games these teams, these guys mm -hmm. are getting. Now, granted, they're scoring 76 points a game. Okay. But Liberty's going to have some trouble because Mingo is not going to allow them to run the ball. And if you get, make Liberty throw the ball, you can blast them. And unfortunately, it doesn't look good for Liberty this week. Yeah, it's, it seems like the only way to beat Mingo. I mean, the g type of game that Mingo Central wants to play is a track meet. They right. want they want to pass the ball. They want to run it's the ball. They want to be on offense, right? Liberty doesn't want to have to play that game no. against Mingo. I don't know if Liberty's defense has the ability to shut down Jeremy no. Dillon and to play the type of game that you have to play to beat the Miners. No. I mean, I think that if we look forward, I think Fairmont is a team that's capable of doing that. We can't talk about that just yet because Fairmont and Mingo both have to win exactly. to advance to the semifinals. I just don't think Liberty matches up with Mingo the way you need to to knock off that team. Look at it this way. Winfield this week beat James Monroe 29 nothing. Mm -hmm. Shut him out. Last week against Mingo, a pretty good defense. Gave him 56 mm -hmm. points. Mm -hmm. That's a high-powered offense down there in Mingo County. Whew, that's a lot, lot to say there. But <laughs> Liberty is not going to stop him. And Mingo will stop Liberty's two-headed monster in that backfield. So Dave's prediction, Liberty falls in the second round and the Miners would advance to the semifinals. We'll see how that one shapes up. It's another Friday night kickoff. Saturday, Fairmont plays Wayne. The Polar Bears are coming off a 34-12 victory over Kaiser. They're going to host Wayne, a team that's coming off a 54-28 victory over Sissonville. This one's slated for Saturday at 1.30 at East-West Stadium. The Polar Bears... Remember, played for the state title last year. A victory could potentially set up a state title rematch. they got to go through the number five team in AA. What do you think is going to happen in this game, Dave? You know what? Wayne is a very, very good football team. They're 10-1. and Their only loss was 47-28 to Mingo early in the year. I think it was the second game of the year. This past week, they beat Sissonville 54-28, but they outscored Sissonville 26-8 in the fourth quarter. They put up 26 wow. of those 54 points in the fourth quarter. They didn't play that great of a game up to that point. Uh, they've got a high-powered offense, um, and but their defense only allowed James Monroe 79 yards. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. They've got a good offense, mostly running the ball. They like to run the ball. Wayne likes to run the ball. Um, they have outscored their opponents 431 to 209. That's an average of beating teams by 20 points a game. 39-19. This is a very good football team. Keep in mind, this is a team that Bridgeport played, I think it was two straight years in the state championship mm -hmm. game. This is a very, very good team, and they're playing football down there in the south. They're going to give Fairmont fits. They like to run the ball. Uh, they do like to run the ball, which kind of plays into Fairmont's hands. Um, Bridgeport had some success running the ball, but not anywhere near what Bridgeport normally does running the ball against Fairmont. Um, Wayne will have some success running the ball. Same thing, nothing major. I think the big key is going to be Wayne's defense if they can stop Connor Neal. And, and, and last week uh, against uh, Kaiser, 
What happened in that second half was pretty much what I was afraid would happen to this Fairmont team. As the game went on, they, they built a big lead that first half. The starters had to play in the second half, something these guys haven't been used to since week four. They haven't had to play in the second half. Connor Neal's passes, it was obvious he was tired because they were hitting the ground. They, he was short passing to people. They weren't ready to play a full game, which is what we talked about last week. They better be ready to play a full game this week. It's going to be a full game that it's going to take, but I think Fairmont's going to eke this one out and, and get ready to head down to Mingo. The Polar Bears, or sorry, the Pioneers, lost to Mingo Central on September 1st, mm -hmm. then had their bye week, haven't lost since. Right. Nine consecutive victories heading into this matchup with Fairmont Senior. I think you're right, David. 40 points a game. It, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to come down to this. Can the Polar Bears play a full four-quarter contest? I, I, think that's what, I think that's what will determine if they win or lose. If, if there's... If there's fatigue, if they're tired, if they're making mistakes, if they're undisciplined because they're they're tired, mm -hmm. they're not going to win that game against the Pioneers who have had to – yes, they, they have had a dominant uh, season, but they've also had to scrape together some wins. I mean, they went to Chapmanville, only won by two points back, back on October 13th. The following week, they went to Sissonville, only won by three points. Mm -hmm. They have had some closer games more recently than Fairmont. Play. Exactly. They've had to play four quarters. Fairmont had to have, Fairmont had to play three and a half three quarters okay against Kaiser. What else have they had to do outside of the university game? Those those players have not seen the second half in any football game since week four. That's going to be that's going to be a problem here. They better be ready to 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 play an entire game against Wayne or they're going to be heading home. Okay, Dave, this matchup concerns me. This final matchup that we'll highlight in Double A because for as good as Bridgeport has been at times this season. Winfield is scary. Winfield, the number 11 team in AA, shut out James Monroe, earning the right to advance to the second round against Bridgeport, which defeated Weir 35-12. For me, Dave, Bridgeport wasn't sharp in the first half. Uh -uh. Had just a very slim lead over Weir. Sure, Weir, Weir is a good football team. Don't take anything away from the Red Riders, but Bridgeport should have won this game, I think, um, you know, they, they did have a fine, suitable scoreline winning by 23 right. points, but it was really close, a little sweaty, if you will, for a little bit longer than maybe it should have been. Then the defense in, turned it on for Bridgeport. Special teams came up with a couple of big plays. Right. Weir fumbled a kickoff, and so Bridgeport uh, goes on to win 35-12. to 12. But you can't have mistakes. You can't have a slouch performance against a team that is as hot as Winfield is right no, now. No, and how, how hot is Winfield? They shut out James Monroe last week. Uh, they only allowed James Monroe a total of 79 yards. That's a road playoff game. Correct. That is a road playoff game that they're earning a shutout in. And only gave James Monroe four first downs on the entire right. game. That's incredible. And they have a high-powered offense. This, these guys put up 50 against Mingo Central the week before in the last game of the season and should have beaten Mingo Central. They had him. They had him. Let him off the hook. Uh, what was that, Denny Green? Yeah. <laughs> the Miners are who we thought they yeah, were. That's exactly right. We let him off the hook. Uh, Winfield had 428 total yards last week. 428. 364 of those were on the ground. Zach Bratton had 23 carries, two, uh, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. Bridgeport – can handle the run per se. They've run up against a couple of really, really good running backs, a.k.a. Bryson Gilbert. They kept them in check, but they have given up big yardage at points playing against teams like this. 
That defense for Winfield scares me. Bridgeport has an offense that is unlike any other. They're going to keep coming right at you. They're, they're right up the gut, right at you. Winfield will be prepared for that. They will be. The deal here is how much Bridgeport can stop Winfield. I've got Bridgeport winning this game in my bracket. But the more I think about it, this could be an upset. Mm-hmm. I really believe if anybody – this probably – I'm going to say it. I, I think Winfield wins this one. Wow. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm shaking a little bit, too, because I have Bridgeport playing in the state championship yeah, game, yeah, all, all local yeah. state final. I yeah. don't know. Winfield. You let our boss talk you into that one. <laughs> Winfield scares me, though, David. And, I mean, I talked to John Cole yesterday, uh, and, and he said he understands that Winfield has a lot of athletic kids, got a very athletic quarterback. He says that they play very similar style to Weir in, in terms of their offense. And so that means that, that potentially could be a good thing for Bridgeport, having to prepare back-to-back weeks for similar styles of play, a similar quarterback, similar system. But Winfield has just – Winfield played a completely different schedule than Bridgeport did this year. Much like Fairmont, the Indians didn't really play anybody after week four other than Kaiser and shut out mm-hmm. Kaiser. And then we saw what Fairmont did to Kaiser last week. Uh I don't, I don't know. I don't think that that schedule is doing anybody any favors, either for Fairmont or Bridgeport. And I know both of their coaches agree that, that they'd rather have had the schedule the way it was last year, where Bridgeport played Fairmont week the, 10. in the penultimate week of the season, mm-hmm. and then they go and meet again in the playoffs. You know, I think, I think that the, uh, the, power, the power in high school football, I think we saw a, a changing of the guard last year with Mingo beating Fairmont. I think that this, the teams in the South are playing a different caliber of football right now than the teams in North Central West Virginia. And that might not have been the case just a couple of years no, ago when, when Bridgeport was, was, was dominating and winning three straight titles. That is a natural swing that happens. It happens in every sport at every level. Parity changes. I think this is going to be the game, though, that shows you shows if that has happened or if we're looking at smoke and mirrors. Well, I have to laugh whenever I talk to people from Bridgeport and they say, oh, Bridgeport would have beaten Mingo last year. No, Bridgeport would not have beaten Mingo in that championship game last year. It would have been terrible, just like it ended up for Fairmont. I thought it was a pretty thorough beating for Fairmont. Yes, and it would have been the same on Bridgeport's part. Those teams down there, when you look at Mingo, when you look at Bluefield, when you look at Winfield, those teams have kicked it up a notch now. They're not the same caliber that they were when Bridgeport was running the gauntlet here a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and, 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 you know, let, let's be honest. This Winfield team plays in a better conference than Bridgeport and Fairmont play in. They do. They see great athletes week in and week out. And I'm sure these kids on this Winfield and Bridgeport team have no idea what happened in 1988, but – these two teams played up in Morgantown for a state championship uh, at Mountaineer Field with Bridgeport winning it on a, on a fake extra point, two-point conversion in the fourth overtime. That's another story, but uh, I'm sure uh, that's got no, no bearing on this whatsoever except for the fans, of course. But I don't think Winfield will come into this game. Most of the teams that come into Bridgeport know Bridgeport and are intimidated when they get there. I've always said it. You go into Bridgeport and play, you're already down 7 nothing before the game starts because that is the aura that they give out. We're going to beat you. It's just a matter of what the scores are going to be. Winfield doesn't care. Winfield's not intimidated by him. Winfield knows they went into Mingo Central and should have won the game mm-hmm. against Mingo Central, in their mind, the best team in AA. 
Bridgeport's a, a, a blip on the radar for them. They're not looking at this thinking we got to play the best game. But they're looking at we're going to go up there and kick their rear end and move on to the next round. Not one bit intimidated, and that's got a lot to say about it too. So upset is the prediction. I'm calling it. Wow, Dave. So okay, I guess we got to move on to Class A. Get our final picks, final pick in for this week. It's South Harrison getting ready to take on Wheeling Central. Dave, I, I will say that I think from being on the sideline for that victory over Richwood, it ended up being a, uh, you know, South Harrison eased into that victory, mm-hmm. I would say. I'd say second half, Hawks turned it on, reached another gear, and the Lumberjacks couldn't keep up with them. You saw that in Freddie Canary's right. stat line, right? He had an incredible performance. But I think that early in the game, this is just my observation. I think that South Harrison was beating itself was trying to go for the jugular on both sides of the ball, particularly on defense. There were just a couple of instances where uh, Richwood scores these big passing touchdowns, right. hangs around in the game, and South Harrison's defensive backs seem to be trying to make too big of a play. Instead of just batting the ball down, going for an interception, or just trying to do too much, just mm-hmm. trying to do too Instead much. Instead of just and, doing what you're supposed and, to do. And I think that that is a natural thing that happens in playoff games to anybody, to any kid, to any team, that you get caught up in the moment, you want to make the game-changing play, but you, you can't end the game on one play, no. right? You, it simply can't be done. Second half, South Harrison was a much more clinical team much more methodical in the way that it played on defense, particularly. I thought offensively the Hawks were were fine from from start to finish, other than a turnover uh, late in the second quarter, I want to say it was, that took points off the board. The Hawks forced the Lumberjacks to go three and out right away. No big deal, but it could have been more points for Freddie Canary. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think it's good for South Harrison to have a game like that, to have a half like that and still still pull away and win 58 to 19 because you need to you need to you need to Wake recognize, you need to understand, right? This is the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is a completely different scene than some of these games where maybe if you play a team like Richwood in the regular season, you just wipe the wipe, wipe the floor Doesn't with them, matter. right? Maybe maybe it happens, maybe it happens and you go and you put up 70 points on them. In the playoffs, nothing like that should be taken for granted. I think you Look saw that Hardy. happen. Exactly. Look at East Hardy going up against Williamstown, a team that struggled with injuries, I believe, this year, and, and all, almost Should've goes to East it. Hardy and wins. Mm-hmm. And wins. It's one and done right now. It can us. happen to anybody. And mm-hmm. I think that that is a good thing for the Hawks to experience because they did end up winning comfortably. They did have a little bit of a scare in the second quarter. You could tell that on the sidelines, standing next to the coaching staff, that some of the kids were getting a little mm-hmm. antsy, if you will, about how Richwood was hanging around. It was a two-point game. And then they went out and started playing smash-mouth football on both sides of the ball, it. and right. they took care of business. So and, and that's it's, your – It's what we talked about last exactly. week. Exactly. Right. Show up and play the game. Do what you're supposed to do, and it's not that close. It really isn't. And you don't think you, – you think Wheeling Central is going to be anything – what they certainly, they certainly six not. And four. Right, They're right. six and four in the 10th seed. They don't expect them to win in this one. They're going in there with, the, you know, lay it yeah, all on the line. Saw that in the way that they beat Cameron last right. week, too. And, and I think that uh, w- one other observation that I have from this game, just, just completely, I- I've watched the Hawks play a couple of times this season. They seemed more comfortable passing the football mm-hmm. last week. And I think that's a very good thing. To show that, yes, Canary had an exceptional game, set a Class A record for a state playoff performance on the ground. But the fact that the Hawks 
look like they're able to convert. They scored a passing touchdown. Brent Barnett had a yeah. catch in the end zone. I said I said on the highlight show that night it was for Big Brother Cam, probably mm-hmm. so. Uh, I think that the the Hawks showing and proving that they have balance is important because, yes, it'll keep an opponent like Wheeling Central guessing during the game, but it also is good to have a little bit more faith in your passing game. Have that confidence, right? I think that they have had confidence in the passing game this year uh, to the point where Canary was throwing passes in that win over Liberty, if you remember. I remember. Uh, And so I think that that's another good takeaway for the Hawks is that they're able to, to prove just how much balance they have and that they're able to hurt you in a bunch of different ways. It's not just going to be Canary running the football even though Barnett is out. Well, the other part of, of this game coming up is how well South Harrison's defense going to stop Wheeling mm-hmm. Central. You know, Wheeling Central is big, big team when it comes to running the ball. They, uh, they had 272 yards and four touchdowns rushing against Cameron. Their quarterback, for nostalgia reasons, is named Curtis McGee the <laughs> Third. And if anybody remem- from Grafton is listening right now, if you remember the 1989 playoffs when Wheeling Central came to Grafton in a monsoon, it was pouring a rain that night, and Curtis McGee ran all over Grafton and eliminated him. That's his kid's son. Wow. So that's Curtis McGee, the, the second? Third. That's the third yeah, is the current the quarterback. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got a history. I feel like I'm, it's Game of Thrones. This is the House <laughs> McGee. You just got somebody with you that's so old that remembers this kind of stuff. <laughs> now, his father did did beat Grafton in the playoffs in 89, but uh, the, last week against Cameron, Curtis McGee the third ran for 168 yards on 21 carries. He likes to keep it. He's mm-hmm. a quarterback that can throw. He threw for almost 100 yards in that game uh, against Cameron, but he also ran for 168 yards. He's going to keep it. South Harrison. Players, if you're listening, listen up. <laughs> Here's your scouting report. He you think is that, going to keep it. You think that Coach Jet hasn't already adequately oh, explained that with how much film he and the uh, players I'll watch? Thanks, it. Dave. I'll guarantee it. But, <laughs> but you know, so, uh, Brad Jed's getting old. He forgets things from time to time. <laughs> oh, there it is again. Your helmet sticker is going to be revoked before the end of this episode, man. <laughs> he does forget things. So in case you forgot, Brad, Curtis McGee the third is going to keep the ball. Just letting you know. But I don't think I, – I, South Harrison is just that much better than Wheeling Central. Uh, but, again, it comes down to South Harrison has to play the game. If they show up like they showed up the other night, mm-hmm. that's not playing the game the way South Harrison mm-hmm. knows how to play the game. They show up ready to play, they'll name the score in this one. I honestly believe that. They don't show up to play. It's going to be close. But I think either way, South Harrison comes out with the win. Really, the Hawks had two bad turnovers, and they got burned defensively two times on the night. One of those plays came after the turnover on the on a kickoff return after uh, Richwood had just scored a touchdown. If you wipe those plays out, if you wipe those plays out, South Harrison does blow out yeah. the Lumberjacks. Yeah, that's true. And, and I, I wonder if um, just, just, again, from having watched that game, the, the times that – South Harrison got burned was through the air. If McGee wants to keep the ball, yeah, he's he's an athletic player, but he's got to get past that tough front seven of the Hawks, which which was which has been able to contain just about every quarterback it has faced, except when the Hawks played East Harding. What it comes down to is simple. It's assignment football. When you play a quarterback like this, it's about assignment football. South Harrison, that is your assignment. Middle linebacker, this is your assignment. You key on him. You take him out whether he's got the ball or not. You have to play with your head when you have an athletic quarterback back there that's going to keep the ball. South Harrison has the ability to do that. 
But again, you're talking about 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. I, I go back to when I was a, a coach in Jerry West basketball, and I called a timeout with six seconds to go, and I said, go out there and stand with your hands up. If you move, the guy's going to call a foul on you. Talking to kids. Went out there, inbound the ball, kid moved, foul called on him. I said, didn't I just tell you? Don't move. Don't move. It's about instincts, and that's what it comes down to. They've got to have the instincts, and I think South Harrison does. Okay, Dave, you going five for five this week? Well, you know, I want to make a point. I have five losses last week, and every one of the five losses, I had all of those teams losing in the next round anyway. Well, that's good so for So I can still be safe. perfect from yeah, now right. on. Yeah, I'm, I'm in trouble. you the same Yeah, thing? I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I understand that. You know, I, I, I do want to say one thing. Go you, ahead. You, you, you kind of have, have, have ice skated on, the, uh, skated on the ice here and not stuck your toe in. You're making uh, me put my neck out on the line. What do you think about South Harrison Wheeling Central? About South Harrison Wheeling Central? Hawks going to go and win that game. Easily. Hawks are going to go and win that game. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not going to name a score line mm-hmm. or anything, but I, but I do think that it's not going to be easy. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as the Richwood game. I don't think the players should expect it to be. Uh, I think that Wheeling Central is a better team than the Lumberjacks are, but that doesn't mean that South Harrison shouldn't go out there and win that game at RCB. I mean, the, the way that they pulled away in the second half, it's a four-quarter game, man. Right. It's a four-quarter game. If it's 21-19 at halftime, 35-19 at halftime, it doesn't matter. The Hawks played an exceptional second half. They shut down the Lumberjacks. There was n- no doubt. There was no doubt by the end of the third quarter who was going to win that football game. It may not be as comfortable a win this week as the players would like, as mm-hmm. Coach Jet would like, but I still think the Hawks are going to come out on top. We got five local teams left. How many of them advanced? Okay. Four. I'm not going to ask you which one's going to lose. Good, good. So one, one's going down. I, that's all right. So I, I get four. I get four, four comfortably. Four of the five Because I think, I think there are two games. Sorry. Sorry. I should, say, I should say three. I should say three. I don't think Liberty's going to advance. Unfortunately, I love A.J. Harmon. I love what he's done with that program. I love the way those kids have played this year. I don't think they can beat Mingo Central. Mm-hmm. There are two other games that I'm really nervous about for right, our local I'll teams. I'll agree with that. And they're Bridgeport's and I, game. And university's and, game. So and, I'm going to go with three of five advance. And I'll add another one in that one, Fairmont. You think Fairmont's going to have trouble with Wayne? I, this is a very good Wayne team. I really, you know, we have. Right now, Dave is going back on all of his predictions for this no, week. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I could see, I could see all five of our teams winning if everything goes right. right. I can see more likely four of the five winning, or I can see two winning. There I mean, would be something. It, it would be something. We have five pretty good games here. Right. Um, but uh, just, uh, I'm not asking you to say which one of them was right. going to lose, but I just want to see. You, hey, you're calling four out of five. Three out of five. Three, out, three of five. out of five. None of them are a slam dunk. Absolutely none of these games are a slam dunk this week. I could put pressure on Brad Jett and say his <laughs> is. But. Yeah, you won't be getting too many more well, helmet stickers. I won't get any more stickers for that, though. All right, Dave. Just answer me one other question. Go ahead, go ahead. You were on the sidelines last Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. First half, was Brad Jett – Hitting the ceiling or what? Uh, you know, I don't think that he was he was not freaking out. I think that some of his players were. I think some of his players were uh, uh, maybe nervous or just afraid. I, I don't really know the best way to describe it. Coach Jet seemed calm. He seemed calm. And then I had a conversation with him at one point in the game where he just kind of turned and looked at me because I was standing there getting ready to shoot a play in maybe the third or fourth quarter. And he just yells at me, Hey, Nick, Dave Stingo's the worst. <laughs> That's all. 
That's all he said. Gee, there's a shock. (laughs) I love you, Brad. (laughs) All right, Dave, we'll do it again next week. Hopefully we still have quite a few local teams to discuss as we would then be looking forward to the semifinal round. It's going to be an excellent Friday night. Not too cold. No snow. Bring me snow. snow. And there's going to be some really great matchups. Let us know where you're heading this week. Tweet at us. I'm at Nick Farrell, W-B-O-Y. He's at Dave underscore Stingo. Keep us posted on where you're heading. And we'll talk to you again next week for a semifinal edition of the Road to Wheeling podcast.